0: All right. Here we go. I'm your host, JT Ayers, and this is the On Track and Field Podcast. You've been here before. I know you have. And so I need to bring awareness to something. And yeah, we are actually recording right before Black Friday, but this deal I'm about to tell you about is gonna last to the rest of the year. And that has to do with the pole vault and high jump landing systems. We've developed these pits with a track and field coach in mind. And this is what I mean not only are they custom made, aren't they very, very large, but they're affordable. Yeah. I'm not not kidding. You can get a pole vault pit, the big invitational pit, which is 26 by 21 by 32. That is a huge pole vault pit for 23 grand. Now, if you're not a coach, you might be thinking yourself, that's a lot of money. It's really not. It's $10,000 less than I can find anywhere else. And And I know this because I'm a head coach and I literally am buying this pit right now. I've already measured it out and I'm extremely excited because on track and Field, we will deliver it free if you're in SoCal. And now if you're not in SoCal, we'll work it out with you. So reach out to Steve, the CEO, or myself on social media. We need to get you hooked up with one of these pole vault pits or high jump pits. 1-800-697-2999. Or you can go to OnTrackandField.com. But let me say it again. Ready? Write this down. 1-800-697-2999. Ask about the new pole vault pit and high jump landing systems. They're awesome. Okay. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm just going to ask you a question at pure ignorance. What does the CEO of the USATF CCCA even do? Well, it starts with A and
1: uh, ends about double Z. Uh, So uh, the USTFCCCA, U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association, is a professional association for track and field uh, coaches. Uh, So just like other uh, professional associations, uh, we represent our members. Uh, We do their service programs. We advocate on their part and represent them in uh, certain uh, areas where there's a need, need for that. Uh, so uh, we, do a, we do a lot of different things. Uh, we've got a, a staff of uh, 10 full-time people. Uh, all of them wear multiple hats, even though they've got uh, dedicated charges. Uh, at that size and with all the things that we do, there's a lot of dove, dovetailing. So we dabble in everything from uh, uh, day-to-day activities uh, of just running a, 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 an office, uh, whether it's you know cl- clerical or uh, accounting, uh, those types of things. Uh, to our communication staff we have four people on our communication staff that puts out probably as much stuff as staffs of 12 or 15 uh do uh we run awards programs uh, we have an annual convention uh, we work with uh, different governing bodies on uh, rules and legislation uh we have structures and multiple uh, divisions where they have executive committees and officers and have a board of directors. We uh, coordinate all of them. All those groups have monthly uh, monthly calls at meetings that they do, besides meetings at the annual convention. Uh, we do television. Uh, we do live television broadcast. I don't know if you saw it Saturday of the NCAA Division I Championships we do entire production of that. So uh, we are we're we have the whole alphabet of uh, duties that we do.
0: So how much oversight do you have in the way of rules? Because I know in education, you guys are in the forefront. I mean, some of these clinics and conventions you put on, I know there's one in Colorado right in the middle of December, They're fantastic. and that is all run by you. That is, something that you do state by state or at least region by region. Um, I guess, I guess my, a better question would be, you know, when you look at your role, how important is the oversight of making sure that the sport exists as it should, or how, you know, how much is what you do kind of geared towards further education and further, furtherment of the, both cross country and track and field.
1: Well, rules themselves fall under uh, different organizations, whether it's, uh, NCAA, uh, whether it is NAI, whether it's junior colleges, uh, whether it's high school, whether it's the California Community College System, whether it's USA Track and Field. uh, So they actually are the uh, gatekeepers of of the rules. Now, we will do rule proposals. We'll do rule uh, proposed changes. Uh, Asked for rules to be eliminated. Uh, we're on top of that. We just went through a. Uh, oh, we started in April with a working group of eight people uh, in the NCAA, going through the entire rule book reading every word and monitoring it. And uh, we we ended that last week. Uh, we did two hours uh, a week, uh, that whole time frame. And uh, now we'll go through and make a list of uh, recommendations and get back to them probably sometime late uh, late late spring. But uh, legislation uh, eligibility type things again that's uh, by different uh, different governing bodies uh, and we'll deal with that uh, we'll deal with that as as well. Uh, that's where we try to advocate on behalf of the coaches and. Uh, represent them in those types of uh, those types of discussions where you're trying to get things uh, either added, changed or uh, taken taken out. Uh, our annual meeting is an annual meeting and it's a national meeting. It's held once a year. Uh, it's held in December. It's been a number of places around the country. We usually move it move it around. Uh, But coaches come in, uh, we have business sessions for the different divisions, we have business sessions for the association as a whole, Uh, we have uh, professional development sessions, we have technical symposiums, Uh, we have a women's uh, and coaching uh, session, Uh, we have what we call our educational system, Track and Field Academy, Uh, we do courses in in that, Uh, we do some uh, social events at that. Uh, We have the Bowerman Award presentation. We have our coach, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, coaches Hall of Fame uh, at that. Uh, So it's a pretty uh, packed four-day event uh, that uh, reaches a lot of uh, a lot of different folks, and and that meeting is for our membership to to come together and
0: and uh, work and, and learn at the same time. Well, and I, I see the list of speakers you just have coming in and this entire annual, you know, conference that you have, is this all run through your office? Cause it seems like quite an endeavor. In fact, the speaker list you have is, I mean, three of these guests have even been on this podcast and they're exceptional.
1: Yeah, we do that whole, um, uh, <laughs> we do that whole thing through our, uh, office. So we arrange speakers, we make schedules, uh, we do contracts with the hotels. Uh, we do meals. We serve at these things because uh, meals, uh, at least a good portion of them, are included in the registration cost. So we serve twelve or thirteen thousand meals uh, at this over the over the time span. So we do we do everything associated. I know when we go into these large properties, they're used to in groups working with what they call meeting planners. People, it's all all that they do. And one of the things that uh, I make sure to do every time we step in the door the first time is for them to understand we are not meeting planners. We're doing this on the side amongst all the other things that we uh, that we do. But we know a lot more about it today and how to do it and what not to do than uh, we knew 18 years ago when I started this job. But uh, it's uh, as big a task as that is and it's a big event uh we that's that's secondary we 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 do that on the
0: we do that on the side it was pretty amazing and it's it's interesting to hear for 18 years you've been doing this in this way and it's it's meaningful like uh, social media just blows up with the amount of learning and how excited people are and so colorado december 11th through 14th and we're going to be there relaybatons.com and on track we're going to be there, and that's how you and I actually got connected because the CEO of both companies, Steve Ringold, got us connected. And so, you know, where can we find out more about this, uh, the convention in December, and uh, what are you most looking forward to about this?
1: Yeah, we have a, uh, a website for the association. It's uh, www.ustfccca.org, and if you go on our website, uh, there's a tab on the right-hand side. It's this, uh, 2023 USTFCCCA Convention. If you click on that, uh, you can access registration, uh, hotels, uh, registration, uh, uh, what the schedule is. Uh, any information regarding convention can be found uh, can be found there from A to Z.
0: Fantastic. And I've been to the website. It's very easy. So for all the 10 people that are doing all this work, they're doing a fantastic job. So thank you for making it easy for us to follow. Um, I'm fascinated with the job, what you do and how you do it. I mean, when you look at the job, what drew you to being a CEO of this organization? Why even take the job? What's something that and then having the job for as long as you have, it's is really interesting. Why is it that you personally decided that this was something that you felt was good? Uh,
1: <laughs> good question. I guess uh, I, I've been around sports all my life. Even as a really young kid, I was a a, a gym rat and I always looked up to coaches uh, even before I was in high school. And I went to a really small school. So Everybody kind of knew every, everybody and uh, you know I was some manager of some of the ball teams at a really young age and of course played sports uh, later on in high school as well. But um, this organization, uh, it's had several predecessor organizations, but has actually been around since 1938.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as most uh, organizations started out, it's completely volunteer. Uh, people who were, uh, you know, president or an officer or, or whatever. And uh, in 2004, maybe even three at a meeting or whatever, uh, evidently I was not there, but they decided that they wanted to hire a full-time uh, person uh, to run the organization on a daily basis. And, uh So uh, they had a a search committee. Uh, I was approached by that search committee, as I'm sure others were. And uh, through conversations, uh, I became somewhat interested in it. I wasn't totally foreign to what uh, the association did or didn't do at that time. I wouldn't say I knew all the ins and outs, but... I tried to educate myself on it some and also tried to decide if I really had an interest in doing it or not. And uh, so I did get offered the job and I decided to take it. Uh, The organization wasn't in very good shape. Uh, It was in debt. Uh, It uh, had very few members at that at that time. It kind of really falling apart. I knew that going in. I probably didn't know the extent of it until I actually (laughs) started as much as I thought I knew what I was getting into. But uh, I just jumped in and tried uh, uh, my best to head it forward and kind of took on the philosophy that, uh, hey, I'm going to try and drive this to see if, we can get traction and build this into a true organization or I'll probably kill it and it won't exist otherwise because you need to be in or or out. Uh, Fortunately, uh, I think that we've had some success and uh, we have made it into a a viable organization. Maybe not perfect. There's a lot of things better that we can do and more that we can do but uh uh, we have we have grown we have gotten involved in a lot of things we have made some positive impacts uh and have moved it forward uh since since uh, since 05 so uh, i think what attracted me to it was it had to do with coaches which i've always looked up to and had a tie to and i think that uh the other is just the respect for the sport i think track and field and cross country are have a lot of great people involved in them but are very very underserved sports uh we're kind of uh we do a lot of things well but we're kind of our own worst enemy uh and and sometimes don't realize we need to get out of our own way to move to move forward uh so I think the challenge of of, of, of that and uh, just wanting to be a a part of track and seeing if I could help uh, to stabilize it, make it better. Uh, I think those are the things that drew me in. And one of the first things that I realized was, even though we're a professional association for coaches, was that I realized, you know, unless we can make the sports better, we're not going to be able to. We're not going to be able to make these the sports better. So although it's not part of the duties, you, you found out real early on, you got to make the sport better. In other words, in order to elevate and make the uh, profession of coaching better. So we've tried to go over into that area as, as well and create some uh, uh, events and some education and a, a number of things to try and elevate the the sport. Uh, I think we've done a few things, but uh, man,
0: there's a lot more that needs to be done. You're absolutely right. And you echo a lot of the people that have come on this podcast before talking about how we're our own worst enemy. We definitely can do a better job making this sport something that's a lot more, you know, to use a lack of a better phrase or word, popular. And so I guess there's not many people that can answer this question like you. And I'm very interested in, well, what do you foresee track and field and cross country in the next decade? Like, where are we going? Is this, you know, what are the, what are the future hopes that you would have for the sport that you and I both love?
1: My, uh, (laughs) my first thing would be for uh, us to realize the landscape today of track and field and cross country. Uh, I think there's two landscapes out there. I think there's, the one landscape where we've got unlimited potential. Uh and I sincerely believe that. Uh there's the other landscape that's laying in front of us right now that uh the whole sport could collapse. And I'm not a person to go run around saying hey, the house is on fire, but uh I I can tell you uh as great as the participation is in high school, which is right at the very top of every high school sport. And as great as the international, you know, scene appears to be when we have certain certain meets, uh, track and field is not in a good place, nor cross country. Uh, collegiately in America, the NCAA schools spend a billion dollars a year on track and field and cross country. That's not counting facilities. That's reoccurring budgeted every year. No place in the world spends that much money. USA track and field's budget is $40 million a year, for instance. So the whole landscape of collegiate athletics is changing, and it's changing rapidly. Train is coming down the track. You don't want to be standing on the on the track. Uh, If that investment goes away or is eliminated, high school kids are going to be and youth are going to become less interested in track and field and cross country because there's going to be less opportunity. The upper after out of college scene is going to become less because the feeder system (laughs) has been. been depleted we need to look into reality and say we need to face that and then find solutions that we can excel not just let the train run over us and uh that takes a lot of strength and i haven't seen us exhibit that strength yet because we're kind of like the alcoholic. Uh, you know, we're really not looking in the mirror and telling ourselves the the, the the truth. And we need to do that. We've got a lot of smart people associated with the sport, a lot of smart coaches. Uh, and we need to try and... look to stabilize our sport for the future with the same energy and the same intelligence that our coaches go out and coach their student athletes every day because they're very inventive in doing that they're very persistent in doing that they're very motivated in it do- they do all those right things in coaching on a daily basis we need to bring that to pro- the, to the professional side uh I'm a big believer in the student athlete and doing everything we can positive for the student athlete or athletes in general. But uh, this doesn't sound very popular or won't sound very popular, but I think it's true. So I'm not saying the student athletes aren't important here because hopefully what I just said is, is they are. But what's most important is the sport, the sport across country, the sport of track and field, because if those sports no longer exist, or exist at a level that nobody wants to take part in them, then there is no opportunity for young people to participate in our sports. And my God, that would just be disastrous, I I, I think. So that's one of, besides running our daily uh, operations, that's one of the things that I have failed at as a leader and getting our coaches to buy, buy into that. But I think not just coaches need to buy into that, we need to get administrative people to buy into that uh, also. And I would be saying this to a certain extent, regardless of the landscape of collegiate athletics today. You, you need to be moving forward. And you can't move forward without changing. And I pretty much like every sport. But sometimes we don't realize that other sports, there are our competition. You know, you said Noah Lyles is coming on next next week. Well, Noah's competition is in the hundred and the two hundred. Well, in track and field and cross country, our competition is football, basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. softball, volleyball, field hockey, soccer. Keep naming on down on down the line, and we we need, to, we need to we need to we need to we need to realize that it's not that you have to be against those other sports. You just have to realize that's my competition. I need to be as good as them, or I need to be better than better than them.
0: So where does this trickle-down effect come from? Who's powering this change? Is it the coaches? Is it the athletes? Is it the NCAA? Is it Nike? You know, like who is going to be pushing forward this change?
1: Well, all of us who say we love track and field need to do a check to see do we really love track and field or are we just, just saying that? Because that's the group that needs to start contributing. There's no answer, at least that I know of, or if I heard anybody say there's no answer, you can go out and just pull out the internet that says, "Hey, here's what here's what you do." You have to collectively work at it and find a way to uh, to, to to get to get there uh, because it, it's it'll take a big big effort because we're so we're so far behind. I mean. Look at the Olympic Games, which track and field up until the last probably couple of Olympics has been the crown jewel ever since the beginning of the Olympic Games, probably even why the Olympic Games started. But if you look in exposure, the last couple of Olympics, especially coming up this time, we've been reduced. You know, we're we're now behind men's basketball, women's basketball, gymnastics, men and men and women we're going to fall immediately behind flag football because the NFL is behind flag football. They're already promoting it. The day it got named, they're out promoting it. So we're even at the highest level where we've had the most exposure and have been king of the hill, we're down now from exposure TV, which pays bills for Olympic, we're down to number five or number six. Uh, You know, if your business fell like that, You'd be calling everybody in to regroup, and uh, that's how, to me, we need to be looking at, at things. Now, fortunate, unfortunate, uh, we have great championships. You know, whether it's NCAA, whether it's USA Track and Field, whether it's a high school state meets, these kind of things, and we see the performances by the by the athletes. And we walk away from there. I was at the D1 cross-country championships this weekend. You walk away. God, this is great. This is terrific. And it is. But unfortunately, it's not enough in today's world. And we have a tendency when we see that, and me as well, we see that and we think, this is great. And we have a tendency to get away from, oh, we need to make it better. We need we're sliding at the same at the same time. So it's kind of like we're getting false uh, reinforcement to a certain extent. And I will say this, that either because of decisions that uh, we as adults make as leaders and or a lack of decisions that we're making as adults, as leaders, when you get to like championships and certain meets, the athletes bail us out every time because they go out and perform. But we need to put them on a on a, a spotlight where people can see how good they are, not just uh, not just from the standpoint of athletic, but humanistic. Uh, uh, we were uh, the we were at the president of uh, University of Virginia invited coaches at the NCAA D one championships to his house last Thursday night. And uh, he asked me to speak after he did, and I did. And one of the things that I told him, because he was there, along with some people that he had invited, is that on Saturday, if the NCAA had a checklist of what a student-athlete should be, they've got a robotic list there. At that meet, those student-athletes that were in that, they're going to check every box they're great athletes, they're great academically, they're healthy, they're fit, they they check every box. But we don't let people know that. We're, we need to get out of the, uh, as a guy told me one time, track and field cross country needs to get out of the witness protection program. And that's about as clear a message as I can give. We need to let people know how great we are. And to do that, you've got to create exposure you got to do certain things to expose yourself that you may not like to do, but you got to you got to do it uh, because we've got great sports and track and cross country, and we we need to we need to figure ways to present it and expose it to everybody else, and they'll 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 they'll, they'll, they'll
0: jump in. Uh, but as long as we hide it, not going to happen. Wow. I can see why you're the CEO. You have me so fired up to go coach my team after this break and get them excited about track and field. And um, well, God, let's end there. That was a fantastic, fantastic demonstration of why Sam Seams is leading this thing. And here's the thing, like he's all about the coaches. The whole reason the U S track and field cross country coaches association is for the coaches and the coaches are driving and they're the mentors and the people that are influencing these athletes so we will be there December 11th through 14th in Colorado. Not that hard to get to no matter where you are. Southwest has great flights to the, the Denver area. And just go to their website. You can find all hotel information, speaker information, how to get it just to sign up and register for the four days that they're there. And what Sam, we I just can't thank you enough for coming on and just giving me I mean, I was a captive audience for that last 15 minutes, you talking about it. Um, This is a sport that we actually do love. And if you're listening to this podcast, you love it too. So thank you. Is there any parting words or where we can continue to follow some of the things that the organization is doing?
1: Well, cross-country season just uh, finished. There's still a little bit of a few meets uh, going on, uh, catch-ups and stuff of that sort. But track and field uh, meets start. Uh, week after week after next so uh, just good luck to everybody as they continue their uh, mission and working with uh, young uh, boys and and girls and trying to give them opportunities and uh, and at the same time uh, uh, coaching them and mentoring them in our uh, in our sports and hopefully we will not only keep doing what we've been doing but we'll we'll raise, raise the bar and, and 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 do more to to position our sports in a better place than they uh, are today.
0: Well, and do yourself a, a favor, dear listener, just go to YouTube and check out the recap of the NCAA championships for cross-country because if you love drama, if you love great stories, you love great performances, uh, even defying the odds, some of the best of the best were doing things like Harvard, you know, winning the NCAA title as an individual uh nc state for the second year in a row winning the ncaa title but even by one point and their best runner is sick and she still went out there and did what she did go check this out see coaches hugging their athletes everyone cheering crying it's so fantastic and so uh the commentating was fantastic the the feed was great so i know you had your hand in all of that and so um cross country was so great this last year and it is every year but Just go to YouTube and check it out. It'll be real easy to find. And with that, we leave it to Steve, your CEO, to let you know how to get in contact with us on social media. And that's RelayBatons.com and OnTrackAndField.com and the USATF, the CCCA convention, Colorado, December 11th through 13th. Sam, thanks for joining me. And Steve, take us away.
2: Thanks for joining us on this week's On Track and Field podcast with guest, the CEO of USTFCCCA, Sam Seams. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com, custom engraved, meet and competition legal relay batons, water bottles and tumblers, great for team branding, fundraisers, meet awards, and coaches gifts. And by OnTrackAndField.com, cross-country and track's one-stop source for everything you need for a successful season. Competition gear, spikes training equipment and shoes on track and field.com has everything you need, including our new pull vault and high jump landing systems designed by jumpers for jumpers. Check them out online or give us a call for a free quote and make sure to check out our new website on track Your new source for competition and training shoes featuring Saucony Brooks on running new balance, Asics and Hoka shoes and spikes on track and make sure to follow us on our socials at on track, The letter N field at on track and field on Twitter and the gram.